Welcome back to Project Freelance. Happy Monday, everybody. Oh my gosh, the Monday before Christmas. What a treat for us. This week, I am speaking with Molly Rose Speed. She is a virtual assistant who actually went on to create a virtual assistant academy, an online course where people can go learn how to be a VA and they can even get placed as a virtual assistant. There are not enough virtual assistants to go around. So if you are looking to get into that space, definitely stick around for this entire episode. You're going to learn a lot here. I'm super excited for this one. Before we jump into it, just a couple housekeeping things. First of all, I'm sorry I've been away for so long. I've been busy. I went on tour in the UK with Jake Monroe's band Monroe. I uh, have been freelancing nonstop. And now I'm actually moving to Nashville. So if you're out in Nashville and you need some videography work, photo work, aerial photography, if you need a video editor, anything that I can offer as my services, hit me up. I'll be in Nashville. Let's get to work. Super excited for that move. And I'm super excited to set up my new studio in my new place. Very, very excited for that. Thank you guys for following my journey on social media at Project Freelance. My personal is at Inagonio. All my links are down in the description via a beacons.ai link. If you're not using Beacons, you should absolutely be using it. It's an amazing platform where you can optimize all your social media links in one location. You can also add video components or audio components. So if you have a podcast, if you have a YouTube channel, you can actually optimize that beacons.ai platform and you can use it to your advantage and you won't have to link 17 different social media accounts. You can just link one beacons.ai link with your custom URL and people can browse and see what, what all you're doing, what all you're up to, and they can click at their leisure to find your social media. I'll put a link down in the description to my beacons.ai and uh, a sign up code if you guys want to get started using beacons yourself. It's a great way to, like I said, optimize your social media accounts in one location. The next thing I need to let you know about is that I actually have a photography book out. It's called No Tracers, an Urban Explorer's Diary. So when I'm not freelancing, I actually explore abandoned places. It's my passion. I love doing it. And so much to the point where I made a coffee table book full of my photos and stories of my explorations. And if you would like to get a copy of that, head to justthelettersk.com slash no tracers. You can get a copy of the book. You can get some merchandise. You can get a duffel bag, a backpack. There's a bunch of stuff there for you. Speaking of no tracers, the book, I actually have a second podcast called no tracers. It's all about urban exploring. I have different guests on to talk about their urban exploring stories, their time going into abandoned buildings and their crazy experiences. If you want to check that out, just look up No Tracers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can check it out. The next thing I need to do is thank our partner on this podcast, Liquid Death Mountain Water. If you've never heard of Liquid Death, well, hey, don't worry, I've got an ad for you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. 
liquid death, murder, your thirst. So if you would like 10% off your order at liquiddeath.com, use code just the letter K at checkout and you will get that 10% off. All right, without further ado, Molly Rose Speed, welcome to Project Freelance. Please introduce yourself and how you got started as a freelancer to the Project Freelance audience. Hi, everyone. This is Molly Rose Speed. I'm the founder of Virtual Assistant Academy and Virtual Assistant Management. We are a training and placement company for virtual assistants. Military spouse, very proud of that. And I live in Destin, Florida. Awesome. So tell me about like where you're from and uh, how you got started in you know the online space in the first place. Because I mean, you, you just mentioned you, you run like a VA Academy. So how, how did you get to this point, basically? Like, what's your background? Sure. So after college, did the corporate gig and married someone in the military, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and he deployed all the time, and the, the projection of us moving very often was very probable. And so I realized I really needed to take my career into my own hands. I also have a huge passion for travel, and I wasn't doing any of that when I was working corporate with 10 days of vacation, as we all know. And I took the leap and just became a virtual assistant. I started super basic, taught myself exactly what I know now. I didn't take a course or do a program and took a very long time, but started with the basics like email management and calendar management and travel booking for clients. And then I've grown it into what a lot of your pro- probably audience does of freelancing, you know, web design and course creation and, and more creative things like that. And along the way, I kept getting asked the same question over and over. How do I do what you do? I see your life. It looks so amazing. And I created a program predominantly for military spouses on how to start a virtual assistant company so they can start doing the same. And that has just snowballed into a ton of amazing students with really great impact that we've made in their lives and just transitioning and having this opportunity to work from home and raise a family if they need to or move around. And now we place those certified virtual assistants with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Wow. What an incredible way to get into the the industry of, you know, being a VA and, and you know, and eventually starting a course of your own. I think it's super fascinating that you kind of started out, uh, you know, traveling around and doing that kind of thing and realizing that you needed to, like you said, take it into your own hands, take your career into your own hands. I I have a similar story. So when I was 16, my family moved to the Middle East because my dad works for an oil company. So at the age of 18, I had to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and decided that, hey, I might as well get into freelance filmmaking and photography and kind of went from there, went to Australia for a year, got my bachelor's in film production and then moved out to California. And now I travel all over the place for for freelance gigs. So I think we kind of have like a similar background Mm -hmm. in that aspect. Uh, when you first started out doing virtual assistant work, where were you finding your gigs? And I ask this because a lot of people are like, I want to get into freelancing, but like, I don't know where to look for jobs. I think that's one of the biggest questions. So yeah. uh, where did you initially look and where do you look now? Yes. So I'm a firm believer of of your clients are probably two connections away, meaning you know, I might be talking to my neighbor across the street about what I do, and he'll say, hey, my buddy is a speaker and an author, and he just mentioned needing a VA or needing a photographer or whatever it might be. 
Uh, I went to a conference when I was working corporate still called Succeed Faster. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was the first time I ever heard the term entrepreneur. It was a little late to the game, but it was a good 12 years ago. And I'm like, wait a second, you mean we can make money doing what we want to do and selling our services? And that's a part of entrepreneurship and keeps the whole model running, actually. Uh, so I left that conference just eyes wide open and found out the founder of that co conference was actually looking for an assistant. And I just heard about it and I asked him no less than four times to give me a shot. And he did. And within one year, or I'm sorry, within one month, my retainer doubled from what he committed to. So just showing the impact you can have right away. So, and then from there, just referrals, you know, you just got to get those first few clients, show your case studies or your work and talk about it on social media or talk about it with people around you. And then it, it start truly starts to snowball. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, eventually, like, hopefully you'll get to the point where your clients will, I mean, I know you do VA stuff, but like for me as a photographer and videographer, like, I'm to the point now and it, it took me damn near a decade to get to this point. But now I'm at the point where I'm about to move away from California to another state. And my clients here are like, well, we want to work with you still. So can we fly you in for gigs? And that's the point where I like wanted to achieve in California in the first place. So that was my goal. And I finally hit it. And it's such a good feeling to finally get there. And so for those listening, like, like how long does it normally take to like build a business realistically because when I was in film school they told my dad when I first signed up he was like how long is this going to take for my kid to like make a career or whatever and they said like five to seven years and I feel like that's kind of a consistent thing across the board what do you think yeah I do I think especially if you just look at it replacing corporate income or what would be if you never did that path um, it took me probably three years to, to beat that. And then it just really took off I, year five, mm -hmm. you know, hitting six figure marks, which was amazing as a VA. And then, um, yeah, I just, I think being realistic about that's super important. The industry right now for virtual assistants is insane. We have a placement side of the business and we literally don't have enough virtual assistants to place. That's how in demand wow. they are. So it's, if, if anyone's interested in the admin side of the house, that's, it's huge demand. Wow, that's that's crazy to think about. But I mean, it makes sense that there's so many, especially now with like the pandemic and things like that, everything, everybody brought their their stuff online. Um, so for people that are wanting to get into like virtual assisting, like what should they do? Like, what are the first steps? I think one of the big battles I get, I go through with new virtual assistants is, is confidence and believing that you actually have something to offer. You know, the things that VAs do to start might sound so basic, like managing email or calendar, scheduling, um, doing online ordering, like super simple stuff that you would be like, why would someone pay me this to do it? <laughs> but it is so valuable for those people that aren't organized, are super busy, need to be doing important things in their business that are Re revenue generating for them while everything else is taken care of. So I, th I always tell new virtual assistants to write down everything that they knew know and, and then look, come back to it and look at all these things that you could probably offer from copy editing to managing a team to project management to simple travel booking. You know, it, it, it's really broad. Absolutely. And for people that are looking for these kind of jobs, I know you mentioned like, look for the people that are kind of in your circle or just outside your circle. But 
Uh, do you recommend websites like Fiverr or Upwork, things like that for, for people to get into virtual assisting? I I do talk about Upwork when I teach. I, I think it's a super valuable resource. I use it for a lot of outsourcing as well. And I've had some virtual assistants go on there and nail some pretty amazing work remote full-time admin jobs. So I wouldn't rule that out. I do think there's a lot of power in talking about what you do. So being a little bit vulnerable on social media, if you're not someone that would normally do that and just saying, hey, I'm a virtual assistant. These are my services. I'm taking on two clients and just share it with people. I see a lot of great success doing that. And you just have to stand out. There's a there's a lot of virtual assistants, but there's not enough. Um, so the, there is competition, but it's it's just the more you talk about it, the better results I see happen and, and just know that you're going to gain some amazing clients as a result. Definitely. And I was talking to a friend of mine that does a uh, live streaming frequently on YouTube. He's like a game streamer and he does like reaction videos and things. And I was asking him uh, yesterday, I was like, do you ever like how do you stand out like what is the number one rule to like growing a a business or growing your channel things like that and he was saying the number one thing is you need to be uniquely you like be yourself like don't fake anything like you have to be yourself in order to grow something and so can you talk a little bit about that as well as making yourself an asset in multiple areas yes i love this uh one of the the things we work, work through with new students is not only what they can do for a client, but what they're interested in. So for example, someone has a background in interior design. We live in a beach town where it's not very prominent right now. It's kind of hard to have that type of job. So it's like, how can we marry those two? And one of our students is just out the gate, marketed herself as an interior design virtual assistant. And she is full, like can't take on more clients as building a team. So that's such a niche of uniqueness. And she has a beautiful Instagram that like speaks to her audience and it's also who she is. Another one is doing just virtual support for uh, health coaches and she's big into fitness so she can be herself and, and live that model that her clients or her, that lifestyle that her clients would and attract them in. So those are some of the ways that they're doing it now, but I love that. I think that's really important to not fake it because you think you have to. Right. Definitely. And so this question I ask all of my guests and some of them are like, wait, I don't want to talk about that. But I mean, I think it's important that we do talk about this. Have you ever been like screwed over on a job or scammed or anything like that? Because I think it is something that happens more frequently than people are talking about. Yeah, totally. I think uh, definitely something that to look out for. Me personally had one client did some website work for and worked really hard, did exactly what they asked to do, and they ended up asking for a portion of their money back, and it just didn't feel right. I ended up doing it. It was when I started started out early, and it was just worth the refund and a, a really great lesson learned on contracting and agreements. Hmm. And then some of our virtual assistants have ran into some issues of just they work a month and then don't get paid or they get paid really late or their client's upset before they tell them uh, they wait so long before they can tell them and the VA keeps working. So we put things in place like agreements from the beginning, taking a deposit, super important. Um, and then clear communication, like check-in points, even if you're doing web design or you're doing general virtual assistant work, like just have a new client. Okay, we're going to put a 14-day status call. Just how's it going for you? How's it going for me? That stuff can really mitigate uh, clients being unhappy. 
Yeah. And I think communication is key when it comes to especially remote work, working online. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that you do keep that line of communication open. Um, and then have you ever done any like inter internships uh, with anybody that you when you first started out? I haven't. I, I, I was fortunate to get paid from the beginning. I, my first gig was as a social media um, manager for a crowdfunding campaign. They were doing a documentary on student loan debt and they needed someone to crowdfund $75,000. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, I can do this. I can figure this out. And I did. And it was a great retainer. And um, so I never had, and then that's how kind of it snowballed from there. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've seen a lot of virtual assistants trade, you know, if they need, they're just starting their business and they need a website or they need a headshot or something like that. I've seen that happen, uh, but not direct internship. Gotcha. Um, and then what are some of the challenges you've faced over the years trying to grow this business? Oh boy. Um, so much. I think, you know, selling an online course for the virtual assistant Academy has been a challenge of its own, you know, going to Facebook ads was a huge learning you spend a lot of money on advertising, don't necessarily know what you're doing. So hiring an expert that you can afford for things like marketing and advertising was super important to me. When it came to being a virtual assistant, I think not knowing my value took many mm-hmm. years. I left a lot of money on the table. And I think a lot of freelancers kind of just take what they can get, not knowing that the next client is right around the corner if you're putting yourself in the right position and, and uh, showing the value proposition from the beginning. I, I learned that took me a really long time. So that's something that um, I teach my virtual assistants from the beginning. Like, don't take less than $20 an hour or whatever it is that their service offering is. And, and we're just trying to keep them above what would be, I'm just going to take it because I'm learning and I'm new because that doesn't last very long. Right. And how did you uh, evaluate your, your online course? Like, how did you figure out like, this is how much I should charge for this. Like, this is what it's worth. Like, did you calculate like the time it took to make it? Like, how did that process work for you? Um, I tried to keep it af- affordable because the on the purpose of the program was to support military spouses. But mm-hmm. I realized really quickly, I, I charged really low amounts at the beginning. And I was like, this is interesting. Not a lot of people are taking it. And then I raised it and people started buying it more because I think they see the value if they're paying a little bit more and they're taking it way more seriously. Uh, so I kind of tested models, tested pricing, tested markets and landed um, on a good price point that I think is an investment for someone. So they take it seriously. They go through the program, they get certified versus something being a couple hundred dollars that they they don't actually, how can a certification be that price? So that's right. kind of the, the, the game I had to play and figure out. And what were some of the questions you had when you first started out, like, like as a, as a freelancer, like what were some of the things that you were like, I need to know how to do this? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So setting up the whole financial process was a learning for me. So you're, uh, when do you start an LLC? You know, do you do it right away? Do you wait, get your money in, um, get, you know, get a gear under your belt as personal income and then go LLC. That's kind of what I recommend, especially when you're starting. Um, that was a big one. When do you switch to an S corp when you're making a little bit more money? The tax advantage stuff was a big question for me or managing your expenses versus your income and lowering your taxable income. Learned a lot about that on what could be written off versus what couldn't. 
those things were super important and saved me a lot of money um, after I learned them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think those are kind of the biggest questions when I got started. And then system things. This I got really intentional about learning systems and processes, but even just managing my own time was super rough at the beginning. So like tracking time for clients and managing my day and making sure that I was not burning myself out because that happened quite a bit. You know, you get so many tasks on a Monday morning and you just work through them until you're about dead on Tuesday night. So really (laughs) understanding that things don't have to be done right when you get them and, and being able to manage time better was a huge learning along the way that I did not understand at the beginning. Yeah. And I think a lot of us keep getting things thrown at us and we can't say no to them. I think that's a big problem with freelancers because we're, we have that, uh, that fear that the next job isn't going to come. So we try to take everything possible. And then at the end of the, like you said, at the end of the Tuesday, you're like burnt out and you don't want to do anything else. So how do you manage to balance that work life? I had to kind of trust myself a little bit along the way. I learned that kind of just what you said, I was always saying yes for that reason. Like, Oh, what if the next month is, isn't good? And what if I don't make enough money? And it's, it's, once I trusted and started to only take my ideal client and only do the work that I wanted to do, everything just started to open up and I was way happier and I was starting to take on the clients that I wanted to. And if I said no to someone, another person or opportunity was right around the corner. I just had to believe that that would happen. So a little bit of trusting the universe, as I would say. And I think that that's something that's learned and when you feel it and when it happens, it, it's super valuable to us absolutely work remote and freelance definitely no I totally agree with you and what like what does your day look like now like what do you do in a day uh I love this because today I I was in Chicago for the past five days on a trip with my my mom and I woke up this morning and I'm like oh it's Christmas break and it's like the first time I've really like told myself the 15th through the end of the year whatever date it is today it started I'm just going to like take a break. Um, and, and that took a lot for me cause I'm not going to earn revenue this, these next couple months on my services will with my program. But I think that day to day, you know, I intentionally set up my Mondays and Wednesdays to be working on service offerings that I do for people. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I t- take calls or coach virtual assistants, work with clients. I'm on the phone, I'm on zoom calls. Um, and then Fridays, I try not to work at all because I think that that's something we can we can afford ourselves if we decide to do that. So that's kind of my loose schedule, just less is more. And I work out around 930 every day. So that's not normal if you're working in a corporation, uh, right. corporate job. So yeah, that's kind of my day to day, at least right now. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you've kind of broken up your days like every other day you're doing like different tasks so that you don't get like bored in that monotony of doing Mm -hmm. the same thing every day. And I think that can be a normal thing when it comes to doing remote work. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be a video editor as well as a shooter. So, I mean, I I can shoot at a gig for a day and then the next day I can edit and then the next day, you know what I mean? Like I I can split. I'm doing something different every day, which is what keeps this exciting for me. I tried doing the monotonous, just a strictly editing job in an office space for a guy for like, it was supposed to be like four weeks. It turned into 10 weeks, turned into 12 weeks. And at the end of the 12th week, I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Like, this is horrible. Like, I don't want this corporate life. Like, it's Mm -hmm. crazy. So freelancing 
offers us the ability to do different things every day. And I think that's one of the biggest perks of being a freelancer. Um, and then, so if people want to get involved with the, with the online course, or if they have questions for you, like where can they go to kind of, uh, learn more about that opportunity? Yeah. For those interested in becoming a virtual assistant, virtualassistantacademy.com is our website and you can find all the information there. We have a free masterclass. And then if you're, you're at a point where you need to hire a virtual assistant, virtualassistantmanagement.com is where we place uh, entrepreneurs like yourselves with virtual assistants. Oh, that's awesome that you've kind of made like an umbrella and you've got both sides of the, the fence, you know, you've got the, the teaching part and then the placement part. I think it's cool that you put those both together and have the, yeah. give the opportunity to like further yourself. And it's not like you just take the course and then you're on your own. Like you have another step, which is super cool. I think that's awesome that you set it up like that. Yeah. didn't see it coming, but it's been really awesome for everyone involved. It's just, it's really cool. Definitely. And then my last question for you is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Uh, there's a quote by Zig Ziglar that says you are the, yeah, you are the equal of the five people you spend the most time with something around like that. And mm -hmm. I didn't hear that until about five years ago. And I think that that is so important when we work freelance and we work alone uh, because the people that you let into your bubble truly your energy shifts to what they're like so for example if if i'm around other freelancers entrepreneurs people that are creative my output and my energy level my my income almost increases because i'm just in this space whereas if i'm with people that don't understand necessarily what i'm doing you know, kind of just do the nine to five grind and wonder why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. It really brings me down and I don't operate as, as high. And I didn't understand that when you work remote, like the people that you hang out with outside of your workday are super important. And it's just a, a tip that I, I think everyone should kind of think through, like who, who are you letting in and what kind of energy are they bringing? Cause we don't, we are alone a lot. So it's important. <laughs> Yeah. And it's such a, I, I love that quote. I think it's so true. And I've noticed it over the years by the people that I've surrounded myself with personally, you know, you really are, we're like chameleons, you know, we kind of blend in with the people we're surrounded with. So I think it's cool and very smart to surround yourself with like-minded individuals or people that are at an even higher level than you so that you can grow with them. Yes, absolutely. And I have to correct myself. It's Jim Rohn. When I said Ziegler, I'm like, nope, that's not right, Molly Rose. It's uh, Jim Rohn that said that quote, but yes, completely. Very true. So if people want to follow your journey personally, uh, can you drop your social media, your personal website, things like that, if people want to reach out to you for other questions or if they just want to see what you're up to? Yep, mollyrosespeed.com, mollyrosespeed on all social channels. You'll find me and I would love to connect and and share any questions or answer any questions that you might have. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on Project Freelance. Thank you for having me. This is great. Love what you do. All right, guys, that was Molly Rose Speed. As she said, you can follow her at Molly Rose Speed on all socials. If you want to get in touch with her and ask her any questions, you can do so that way. If you want to become a virtual assistant or if you want to figure out how to get placed as a virtual assistant, I will put links to her academy as well as the placement website 
in the description for you guys so you can sign up and get started with that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Project Freelance. I know it's been a little while since I've posted, but you know, I've been super busy and I'm about to move to Nashville, which means I'm about to have a cool podcasting setup. So hopefully I can get some people in the studio to record with in like face to face. I've never done this podcast with anybody face to face. So I'm super excited for 2022 and what that's going to bring for me, not only as a freelancer, but also as a podcaster. So if you guys like the show, please do me a favor, leave a rating and some feedback. If you do leave a rating and feedback, I will send you a signed photo print. All you have to do is take a screenshot of it and DM it to me at project freelance on Instagram. And I will send you a signed photo print. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time with another episode of Project Freelance. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, go create something.